You're listening to the Greeks Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadulu. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Greeks Gridiron. I am Ethan Hristadoulou. It is Thursday, September 16th, 2021, and we are getting set for Thursday night football. We have a NFC East matchup between the New York Giants and the Washington football team. A little bit of stuff to talk to you guys about today regarding the game, things that I'm going to be watching. Got a couple of bold predictions for both teams, and then also my prediction for the game, the scores, and that stuff of the like. So if you enjoy what we're doing here, leave a like down below, comment, discuss, what am I getting right? What am I getting wrong? Am I missing anything important? Let me know what you guys think. And as always, subscribe to the channel if you enjoy what we're doing so you guys can check out the content as it continues to roll out with the season. So without further ado, let's get into some discussion, shall we? Now, for this game, I have three big key points I want to discuss regarding what's going to be going on in this game and kind of what I'll be keeping a closer eye on. Uh, And the first point in that is going to be regarding the situation that is involving none other than quarterback Taylor Heineke, who will be taking over the starting reins for the foreseeable future for Washington Is he up for the task and is he up for the challenge going up against um, a defense that I have high expectations for throughout the season, but after that first week performance, I don't really know how good this Giants defense is going to be. Obviously, it's only one week. You can't really tell what a team's going to be until after at least the first few weeks or so when we really start to get the gist of what this team is going to be made of here, but... First week, not so promising for the Giants defense going up against the Denver Broncos. And I mean, with Ryan Fitzpatrick down and out, he had that right hip subluxation, I believe is how that's pronounced there. He's looking to be gone for anywhere from like six to eight weeks or more, potentially, depending on how long it takes him to recover from the injury. It sounds like a pretty painful one. I mean, anything involving the hip does not sound like a good time. From what I was reading, it sounds like it popped out and popped back in, which is wild. Um, So best of luck to Fitzpatrick in his recovery. Uh, So how is he going to fare against this defense? How is he going to do? So he finished the last game, um, what was he, 11 for 15, 115 uh, yards and a touchdown. So pretty decent outing for him once he finally came into the game obviously the Washington football team did not end up beating the Chargers despite losing Fitzpatrick uh, but he had he did a serviceable job being able to step in and you know it, it didn't really cost them anything as far as the game goes obviously the big fumble with Antonio Gibson but that's not on him uh, overall you know I think he did a solid job stepping in I think after a week of game planning you know Taylor Heineke took the Buccaneers last year to the absolute limit in the wild card round of the playoffs I think he showed some promise in that game. Granted, he did lose the quarterback battle to Ryan Fitzpatrick during the offseason. We'll have to see just, uh, you know, if any of the reasons for him not winning the starting role show up here going into this week two matchup against the Giants. But I mean, when he started in that playoff game, 306 yards, a touchdown, a pick in that loss, and it was a tight one to the Buccaneers. It'll be interesting to see how he fares and how he puts up numbers in this game. If he's using more of the legs or if, you know, he is just sitting in the pocket doing his thing. We'll have to see how it all turns out. But Taylor Heineke, I think, is going to be a big X factor for this game. And the Washington football team is probably going to live or die on his playing ability come tomorrow, uh, tonight. Rather, I'm actually recording this the night before, so I almost said tomorrow. But tonight for you guys when you're watching the video. The second key point that I have 
Do these Giants' offensive woes continue, and have they figured out how to move the football effectively? I just don't know. I think one of the biggest issues with this team last year was the offensive line, and they did not really do much to address that. I talked about that at length through the offseason as we went from the draft, free agency, you name it. At every single point when I was talking to Giants, this offensive line got brought up in the conversation. I mean, Jones put up only 267 yards and a touchdown, so respectable numbers, but nothing really to be like, oh man, you know, Daniel Jones is back and better than ever type deal. He also had another fumble here in week one. Uh, So continuing on with the fumbling notion that he has seemed to uh, kind of stirred up throughout his career so far. On top of that, Barkley managed a measly 26 yards off his 10 carries. Granted, he was probably on a pitch count. So, you know, didn't get as many opportunities to really get the ball rolling, but I mean, in those 10 carries he had, he did not really move the rock much anyways, and I don't want to blame that all on him. That offensive line is really concerning to me. Uh, you know, I was going through PFF. They only allowed two sacks, but overall, the grading that they had was an average of about 60 per PFF, which is not good, and if uh, I'm remembering this correctly, ratings-wise, if you did the average for like each player ranked at their position it was at like 33 so that's not good (laughs) that's all I really got to say about that the one bright spot I do want to mention though with this Giants offense was Sterling Shepard he had 113 total yards receiving and then he had a touchdown as well that was probably the one big highlight of the offense from last week's loss to the Broncos hopefully he can put together another game and maybe you know Galladay or you know somebody just puts up some sort of numbers at Engram someone hopefully they are able to get something going I'm the Giants defense I think struggled more so because of the lack of offense that again this team is not providing for them hopefully this does not end up being the trend going into this year as well but I am a little bit concerned with that offensive line and I think that's probably the biggest issue that they have right now is they just cannot keep a strong pocket and they cannot get any real you know get up off the line of scrimmage trying to move the ball on the ground with Saquon Barkley running now that he's back you know in in the lineup and moving it things are just not looking good the third key point that I have on here has to do with Washington football team's pass rush. Now, this is something that was so dominant last year and was probably the biggest high point of the team. Never mind the DBs playing pretty well and, you know, the defense overall looking great. It really started with that pass rush. And, you know, I I expected last week to see a little bit more pressure from them going up against Justin Herbert, you know, second-year quarterback, but it looked like that Chargers offensive line has really been put together well going into this season. They did a good job protecting Justin Herbert. And on top of that, I mean, the lack of pressure, this is a team that, you know, terrorized Brady in the playoffs last year. And again, nearly almost cut the Super Bowl champion short of their run. You know, it, it, LA was able to convert 14 of their 18 third down attempts. Talk about leaving Herbert to just do whatever he wants in the pocket when necessary. And then on top of that, there's just so many first round picks on this line. There's so much talent. I want to see them get after the quarterback and I think they will be able to, but you know, I am questioning, you know, what's going on? Where were they last week? I want to see them show up this week. I think they can. This is a less formidable offensive line in New York. 
let me see the pass rush we saw last year that nearly knocked out knocked the Super Bowl champions out of the playoff race. I want to see that. I want to see Sweet. I want to see Chase Young. I want to see everyone getting after the quarterback and, you know, give Daniel Jones a fit. If the Chargers were able to do it last week, they should definitely be able to do it and do it even better than the Chargers did, in my opinion, because I'm, I, I'm, I stand by this. You know, last week was not the best showing they had. It was not the worst, but it was not the best. This is a defensive front that should be able to, without blitzing, be able to just hunt down the quarterback week in and week out, despite whoever they're going up against. I think they are one of the best in the league. Now, those are my big three key points that I'm watching. Let's get into some predictions, shall we? Before we go off for the uh, prediction of the game winner and whatnot, I have two bold predictions that I would like to share with you guys. My first bold prediction for the Giants, and you know, I'm probably shooting myself in the foot and making this prediction, but I'm going to go inside with Daniel Jones here. I'm going to go no fumbles for him this week. I think no fumbles. I think he has a solid game. Not good, not great, solid. No fumbles. I'm not saying nothing about interceptions, but no fumbles. That's going to be my Giants bold prediction there for you guys. As for my Washington football team bold prediction, like I was just going off ranting about this front seven and just how you know disruptive those D linemen can be and those edge rushers over there in Washington, I'm going to predict five-plus sacks. I expect Washington to eat going up against this Giants offensive line, one that has struggled already in week one, has been a known weakness now for a season at least. I want to see them get after the quarterback and cause some problems. What's funny is I'm predicting five sacks, which means there's probably going to be a Daniel Jones fumble, but my hope is that Jones can hang on to the football and this defense on the opposite side from Washington is able to get after DJ and just give him absolute headaches. Now, as for my actual prediction of the game, this is a tough one because, again, both teams uh, are in, like, odd situations. We're not really sure about the offense in New York. And then on top of that, Washington is starting Taylor Heineke. We don't really know what we're going to get from him this week. With that being said, I am going to go with Washington football team winning 23-13. to I expect it to be a low-scoring affair. This is a combined total of 36 points. For any of you that are betting, this is not betting advice, but this is just my opinion. I'm expecting the score to be on the underside of things. So if you're betting over or under, I'm thinking it's going to be the under. Again, not my betting advice, but just a little bit of something I figured I'd throw out there. I had somebody ask me about like my gambling thoughts and things like that. I'm not too big on it, but when it comes to these two offenses, it is just a lot of unknowns going into this game, and I would be shocked to see 41 points or 40 and a half, depending on who you're looking at, being dropped combined by both teams next. Uh, the, uh, excuse me, tonight. I don't expect there to be a ton of scoring, maybe like four touchdowns total at most, and then a handful of field goals being kicked. That's kind of like what I see the game to turn out to be as. But that is my breakdown for tonight's game. I appreciate you all for watching. Let me know again what you think in the comment section down below. Am I right and wrong in my predictions? Rep your team and all that good stuff. I will catch you guys on Sunday with a week two breakdown of all the games for Sunday and on Monday night. I will see you all then. Enjoy the night, the game, and the rest of your week. Have a good one.